G'day, welcome to Radio Notes, where those in music talk life, those in life chat music, and more. Let's head into our feature guest. Tea. Drink of choice for centuries, for many. In South Australia, the arts have found their home in the popular beverage through the work of tea master Belinda Hellier, who has a collection of 14 and multiple awards attached to them. With names like Opening Night Nerves, Drama Queen and Standing Ovation, to name just three. Let's now head to where the creative mix for the taste buds are made, the Tea Studio. Belinda, welcome to Radio Notes. Thank you, John. About music, let's firstly find out your first experience of music was? I think the thing that probably comes to mind in a big way is I started calisthenics when I was three and that was full of music, little routines and um, costumes and things like that. So I'd say that's probably my first experience of music, lycra, calisthenics, music. It was a sense of performing that music was connected with? Yeah, absolutely, from word go, from being really, from a very young age. Yeah, I guess that my extracurricular activities were performance-based, were how I spent my spare time. When was your first cup of tea and what was that experience like? My first memory of really enjoying tea was from my dad's thermos. Because my dad was a builder and so he would head off to work, he'd make black tea and he'd sweeten it with sugar, take a full thermos with him to work and so he would come home, I would race to his van to see if there was any tea in the thermos before my uh, four brothers and sisters did. So that was kind of my first experience with really enjoying this thing called tea. Now that's at the end of the day, a bit of strength to it after a day's brew. Yeah, there wasn't any leaves in it, so he would strain off the leaves, but it would, yeah, it would certainly, it would, it would have been there for a while. I loved that. And then both of my grandparents, uh, my sets of grandparents would, when we went to their home, they would always bring out the beautiful china and the teapot and we'd always have beautiful loose leaf tea and cup and a saucer and enjoy that sort of ritual together of sharing time and talking over tea. So that is a really strong memory for me as well. If we go back to the father who's been at the building site <laughs> all day and, as you said, racing to the thermos to get it from mm-hmm. the siblings. Yeah, I was always there first, me and my sister. The brothers weren't as uh, keen on the tea, but there was something about that sweet black tea And it was warm, so it wasn't too hot at the end of the day. And he was the one in the family who would be making the pots of tea. So he had a beautiful old enamel teapot. He would get it every morning. He'd have nice, strong black leaves. He'd make his pot of tea. He'd drink one cup and he'd pour the rest into his thermos. So that was sort of a morning ritual that I remember. What other memories do you have of tea in the younger years? Role playing with, you know tea cups and pots and doing you know setting up little tea parties I have memories of taking tea on picnics and things I guess sort of evolved and my interest grew as I grew up and kind of went into university that's probably where it really became something different for me I think when I was around that uni age like so I went to uni at 17 and was there for five years I think it was probably around that point in my life that I realized there was more to tea than just black tea discovering things like tea blends so teas that are blended with other ingredients discovering that there were things like green tea and white tea the creative possibilities of tea 
So over those kind of younger years through my 20s and 30s, I would buy all sorts of different teas that I would discover and I'd just collect them and drink them. Yeah, so I guess it was about the creative possibilities of tea. Black, green, white tea. Mm -hmm. Well, there's actually six different types of tea. You're drinking tea from my range called Standing Ovation. This tea is a white tea blended with red rose petals. So that's a white. You say there's six. There are six. Okay, so there is white tea, which is very delicate as you're drinking now. There is yellow tea. It's actually the leaves are steamed and they take on a yellow tinge and a slight sweetness. The liquor in the cup is yellow. So there's yellow tea, rare, expensive, only comes from China. So not many people would probably have experienced it or even know about it. Then there's green tea. Christian Jackson, who's a singer-songwriter in Penrith, who introduced me to gunpowder. Gunpowder green. Which is a green tea. Mm -hmm. It is a green tea. So what is it about the green teas? I was told it's the higher antioxidants. The thing that that makes the different types of tea is the oxidation process. A green tea is quite lightly processed, so it hasn't gone through lots of processing stages like a black tea would. And that means it does retain more of its antioxidant benefits like they're fixed in the leaf because it's not heavily processed so white yellow and green teas are not heavily processed not heavily oxidized and other types of tea from there are more processed so that's why green and white teas are sort of said to be the best for you in terms of you know fighting free radicals in the body and their antioxidant qualities vitamins and 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 that yellow one which is quite rare we're saying is Mm -hmm. in the middle there so just as good to get it if you can absolutely yeah it's just it has a quite a complex processing method which means that it's a bit of a dying art it's hard to come by and so it's expensive and so it's just not as known three down three to go yes what do we got sitting between a green tea and a black tea on the tea spectrum is a, a whole group of teas called oolongs as I mentioned before, it's the oxidization process that changes teas into different types. An oolong tea can range anywhere between being 10% to 80% oxidized. So it's this whole big spectrum of tea that sits between the greener, lighter styles of tea and black teas. So you can have light oolongs or dark oolongs anywhere in that spectrum. They're delicious and complex and there's many different kinds of them. Oolong's amazing. The liquor, which is the correct name for the liquid once you've brewed tea can be anywhere from being quite light and golden through to almost looking like a black tea who's in at number five in number five is black tea so yeah you're going to think that's the end of the line but it's not the tea leaves once they've been picked and withered and rolled and processed they've been let to oxidize as much as they possibly can i guess A way to think about tea processing is a little bit similar to if you cut an apple, Hmm. a fresh apple, and it starts to go brown. When you pick a tea leaf and it starts to break down, that's what's happening. That browning is the oxidization. So if you let that process go all the way through, you'll end up in the black area. There are so many different types of black teas. You're you're getting these... um, tannins and some astringency mostly Mm. in this leaf and and this is the only tea really where you would add milk if you like they're beautiful without milk but a lot of people are used to adding milk anything below black tea no milk no no milk no milk milk is really about balancing 
tannin and astringency. So those black teas, they're so bold. They give these this astringent feeling in the mouth and these tannins come through. And it's often about balancing that bitterness with a touch of milk. That's what the milk brings to the table. <laughs> Whilst we're at the table, there's the sugar bowl. Mm-hmm. I used to sugar up big time. As I said, my dad had his black tea, sugared black tea in the thermos. I guess it's what you kind of first see. But um, over the years, I have completely, there's been no sugar in my tea for many, many years now. I guess what I've learned about tea as I've kind of gotten deeper into it and tried many different teas, they have inherent in them these beautiful flavors and notes, I guess in the same way that you can break down a wine and say, oh, I can taste some some berries and some chocolate and ash or something we can do the same with tea and once you taste and get a sense your palate gets used to how complex and fragrant and amazing these flavors can be in tea then you don't want to add sugar or want to add Mm. milk because you're really wanting to experience these unique flavors because every tea will bring you something different For those at the quiz table who want to win all the prizes, we've gone through five. We've got one remaining. (laughs) So tea number six is called pu'er tea. Pu'er tea is different again in that it goes through a completely different process. It's post-fermented. So when the tea is processed, instead of being dried to fix it ready for use, it's left moist and it's compressed into cakes. What's the key benefits of pu'er tea? Pu'er tea is known to be amazing medicinally, actually. It's really good for sort of your digestive health, like cutting through fatty foods and things like that. I believe it's good for your cardiovascular health. Tea in general is incredibly good for you from detoxifying the body, strong, healthy teeth, healthy bones, regulating blood sugar levels, regulating weight um, or metabolism, cardiovascular health what about memory it's amazing for your brain function so tea is kind of brain boosting the caffeine in tea is very different from the caffeine in coffee because caffeine in tea is slow released it's not like a striking upper and a crash down it's slow release so this is why tea is associated with kind of mental clarity and focus because it does give you a focused lift it's sort of stimulating but it's sustained we're currently speaking with belinda who is the owner and director of brewed by belinda she's touching on there about the arts in fact inspired by the arts made with jazz hands Mm -hmm. is the tagline of your very own range let's talk about the arts and we'll get through to music in just a moment so yeah my whole background that's led up to these this new sort of tea focus has been working in the art so starting as a young child doing dance and calisthenics it led to doing drama through year 12 and then going to university I studied a bachelor of drama studies at Adelaide University I did my honors in comedic performance majored in improvisation and kind of sketch comedy were my main interests And that was kind of where in my brain I was set to kind of go. I moved to Melbourne to pursue sketch comedy and and as life takes you on different journeys. In Melbourne, you were part of the back-to-back theatre as well? Yeah, that came a little later. Okay. Um, But yes, I 
I moved more into the producing side of the arts in Melbourne. So I went from sort of being doing a lot of performance into then sort of helping to facilitate other independent artists. And then I worked with Back to Back Theatre, worked at the Adelaide Fringe as a producer and manager of their Honeypot program for many years. And most recently, I've worked with Restless Dance Theatre for three years as their development manager. Beautiful company. They've been going a really long time now, over 20 years. And they work with young people with disability, create world-class, beautiful contemporary dance theatre at Adelaide University. I wanted to be a sketch comedian. Like I wanted to be, you know, when I was young, I was watching things like Full Frontal and Comedy Company. And I just, that was like, this is my world. I love this. I guess I was always the class clown and trying to make people laugh and things like that. And then really enjoyed learning about how to be funny. (laughs) Like what is that little toolbox of rules and formulas and things I wrote my thesis in university on John Cleese. It was called Up, Cleese and Personal. Standing Ovation and a few others of the teas recently have won silver awards, five-star awards. Tell us more. I have a range of 14 teas and five of them I entered recently into the Royal Hobart Fine Food Awards for the first time. Yeah, I found out that they were all scored and received silver medals. Two of my teas have also won some Golden Leaf Awards. My Standing Ovation has won a gold and a silver in the Golden Leaf Awards and my Creativity Blend has won a gold and a bronze. So you're a tea master. I am a tea master. Wow. To be really honest, I feel a little bit uncomfortable with the title because I feel like it's something that really needs to be earned and I feel like I will, after many more years of in tea and much more experience than I have, I think being a true tea master will involve much more, but I do have a qualification, a certified tea master from Australian Tea Masters. That study was actually really intensive and what it involved was cupping and evaluating hundreds of different teas from around the world, really getting to know tea producing areas of the world, thinking about how teas pair with food, thinking about the health benefits of tea and really looking into that, thinking about blending. It was intensive, but I loved it and I feel much wiser, but so much more to learn. The blending of tea and food, having a tea menu. A tea menu is a curated list of teas that a restaurant or cafe might offer that um, I guess has been given a little bit more thought than kind of ticking off your English breakfast, your Earl Grey, your peppermint and you're done. I think what's really interesting is that tea is having this beautiful resurgence right now. Coffee's been the kind of popular beverage brew for many years and you know everyone's wondering where their beans are from and how it's roasted and and I, I love that. But teas now, sort of people are getting more interested in tea. So tea's kind of on trend. And with that comes, you know, these new kind of possibilities. In the same way you might have a wine sommelier in a restaurant, there's now study. The next thing that I would undertake after tea mastery is becoming a tea sommelier, which is getting really detailed around pairing tea with food. Same way that you would match wines with cuisine you can do the same with tea taking that into everyday restaurants and cafes where where tea is given a little bit more respect and is celebrated for what it can really bring into the enjoyment of 
cuisine. I've actually just been working on a menu for a new Chinese restaurant. So they approached me and said, we want to have a beautiful tea menu, which I just love that. I want more restaurants to be doing that because people want more than a tea bag to finish their night after a beautiful meal. Just had the pleasure of kind of thinking about flavours and notes in Chinese cuisine and the flavours and notes that will either complement or contrast those dishes or cut through the fats or cleanse the palate in terms of teas. So I think it's a whole new little world. Custom blends. Every person has their own personality, their own style, and we were talking about the arts and in a moment we'll be talking about music. What does that actually involve? It's about creating a -a one-of-a-kind blend that is a reflection of either a person or a couple if they were getting married Mm. or business responding to a brief about someone or a place with a tea blend done some for individuals for milestone birthdays I'll gather information about that person that I'm making the tea for quirky information I'll even ask them what is their favorite song or if they were a song what would it be Mm. I use my blending skills, but also my intuition to create a one of a kind blend for them, especially for them. The sense of season when it comes to what the teas might be? Absolutely. All ingredients that I I work with, I work with 100% organic ingredients and I work with herbs and flowers and peels that are locally grown where possible and they are sometimes in season and sometimes not in season. So I'll absolutely be led by what's fresh and beautiful at the time. Let's head into music. What is the harmonies of tea? Blending tea is all about creating a harmony. When you're combining different ingredients, it's about, I guess, thinking of it like a composition of sorts, bringing the different elements together in a way where nothing's overpowering the other element. You don't want your peppermint overpowering your other florals, for example, I guess in the same way that maybe a piece of music is composed and produced and put together. For me, it's definitely about, I guess, the words balance and harmony come into play strongly. What's the rhythm section of the (laughs) tea world? (laughs) I reckon that'd be your tea base. Yeah, I think it'd be your underlying chugging along flavour that's supporting some other things. Whatever that main starting base, as you're saying, Mm. tea is, every time you're off the cliff of a taste... It comes back to that, back mm. to the beat. Yeah, back to the beat. If I was a bass player, what would be my signature ingredient? Mm. So I'm going to be hanging out with some drums and yeah. some rhythm guitar, but I'm a bass. You know, what's coming to mind, I'm thinking about lemon balm or spearmint, something yeah. that kind of sits in the middle that rounds out a blend. So it's not your like florals and your little kind of uh, triangle. I hat. Yeah. <laughs> I hat or triangle on the top. I reckon you're full in the middle. <laughs> the most obvious band is the Tea Party. What's your favourite tea song? Oh, that is such a hard question. I don't have a favourite tea song. I do use music as a source of inspiration when I make tea, but I don't have a favourite. I'm drawn to music that fits the mood of the tea that I'm creating. Sounds a little bit woo-woo and weird. Yeah, I don't know. Sometimes I'll pull out some Eurythmics to blend with. Sometimes I'll pull out something beautiful like Coldplay to blend with. There is an atmosphere for which tea can musically inspire as well. I blend with music all the time and... The music I choose will 
drive that blending and creative process especially if I'm creating a custom blend sometimes I'll as I mentioned I ask on the form and when I'm gathering the information like what if this person or business was a song what would it be and whatever they write I'll often pull that up and listen Mm. to it as I'm making the tea level of composition that you are the musical director Mm -hmm. of their oral sensation yeah I absolutely see it as a creative artistic process and I'm creating a composition, but of a different kind. And I, one of my bylines for my business is that it's art you can drink because I am coming at it from a very creative way. That's my background. That's where I sit most comfortably. I see music as a part of helping me in that creative space. Which musician would you like to see drinking your tea and which tea would you like them drinking? Florence. Of the machine. Florence and the machine. I love her. I would love to see her drinking my tea and I would tell her to get onto that standing ovation because she totally deserves one. I saw her live this year in the Botanic Park and it was amazing the way her voice filled the sky. I love her vocals. I love the compositions of her work. And I remember the day that I went to see her, I posted a pic on my Instagram because I found some pics of her drinking tea. And I was like, definitely thinking I'd love her to have my tea in her hands. When were you first introduced to Florence's music? It was Laneways Festival. It was at Footscray Community Arts Centre. There was like a road blocked off. She was down the end and I was like, all my friends were going home. We'd, We'd spent the day there. And I was like, I've heard about Florence. I want to stay. And it was life changing. I just, you know, she's up there singing Dog Days. And I was like, oh my goodness, her voice, her voice. I've loved just watching her music evolve. And I love her new album. And I loved seeing her live. It kind of marks different parts of my life, like certain albums. But I really loved seeing her recently. I think that was probably one of my most amazing live music moments. What was your first album? Mm, I got a little, what do you call a small record? Uh, 45, 7 inch? <laughs> yeah, I got Kate Bush, Babushka. That was my very first music that I owned. I was little. Then I remember the next childhood music moment was receiving Cindy Lauper's True Colours on cassette. Also John Farnham's Age of Reason. I got them both for Christmas and just owning my first bit of music. Kylie was in there in the young years. Was that because of Neighbours or was it post-Neighbours? I think it was probably because of Neighbours. I do remember the duet with, uh, yeah. Jason. Jason, yeah. And I thought that was so romantic. You know, I was at that age. Those were my early memories, but definitely Kate Bush being my first vinyl was exciting. Yeah, I still love Kate Bush. What kind of drink do you think Kate Bush drinks? (laughs) Of course, in the tea range. In the tea range. Kate Bush would be drinking my Drama Queen blend. It changes colour from blue to lilac. Hang on. Blue? (laughs) You've got a blue tea. I do. So that's not one of the six. That's just because of the added flavours, obviously. Yeah, so that's not one of the six types of tea. This one doesn't actually have tea in it. It's called a herbal tisane. So it doesn't have the tea plant. Tazane or infusion is the correct um, word to it. So you're saying Kate Bush wouldn't even have a tea? No, she'd have an infusion. So I have a new blend called Drama Queen and it has this flower called a butterfly pea flower that's native to Southeast Asia and it has a natural blue dye. So when you brew the tea, it's blue. 
It's this beautiful blue colour and it's sensitive to changes in pH levels. So if you squeeze a couple of drops of lemon into that blue tea, it'll change colour to purple. (laughs) And it's dramatic as she is. That is what would be in her cup. Would the other Kate, not to call her a drama queen, but would the other Kate, Kate Miller Heike, be into that? I think so. What's your take on Eurovision? I love it. I think this year I was mainly focused on Electric Fields and Kate. I love Electric Fields. And so I was I was really more focused on the, on the Aussies. I blend to their music. It definitely gets me pumping. What other South Australian artists have done it for you over the years? Live music that's associated with the theatre world, I guess. Ensembles like Zephyr Quartet... Adam Page jumps to mind. A vibe towards, as we mentioned previously in a way, in terms of composition, but in terms of improvisation as well. You still have a a structure like you would when you're making a tea, Mm -hmm. but you've got all this other playroom to actually compose Mm. within. I think it's such an amazing skill. Like when I worked with Back to Back Theatre, we did a work where the necks played live they improvised the score and it was amazing how, yeah, as you say, there's a structure. They know the marks within the live work that they're trying to hit emotionally, but every night was different and surprising. And I do love that as a form, that creative flow and that sort of diving within your creative self and trusting yourself in that moment. I think that's amazing. What's some of the most memorable theatre performances that Belinda's been to? Big and wide and varied over the years. I've seen all sorts of things, but I think if we're talking about live performance and not thinking too heavily yet about the music part of this, but I like theatrical experiences that surprise me. So I do think like things that are sort of site specific, so maybe not set in a traditional theatre, something where you're given a set of headphones and you're walking through a city and following instructions. Or there was an amazing work called Smile Off Your Face that came to the Adelaide Festival many years ago, which basically blindfolded you and put you in a wheelchair and took you on a journey and all these things happened and I like experiences I like being surprised what's the most memorable music or song there's a song called the wedding song by Angus and Julia Stone that was sung by my beautiful um, amazing performer friend Millie uh, Tahini Emily Tahini yeah that's a really special song Mm -hmm. in my life was accompanied by two of our other friends on a little ukulele and um, yeah it was great. I was with her recently in Melbourne and we she took us along to watch a little Americana band and yeah she's got good taste. Actually Millie is a very big musical influence on my life because I lived with her for many years in Melbourne. We always had music in our lives and I think she introduced me to a lot of artists that I might not have found on my own. I am thinking she's from Mad as Hell. Yeah, so that's the Emily we're talking about. She's an amazing live performer. She's an incredible singer and cabaret performer. She's totally nailed the comedy sketch world and then moved into her Mad as Hell role. Was in her first feature last year, I believe, as well. Your own tea habits. I drink a lot of tea throughout my day. I kick off the day every day with a black tea. The first thing I do, I wake up and my body goes, tea, and I put the kettle on. So I start with a beautiful, like, strong Assam black tea or a Earl Grey. Backtrack. What kind of kettle do we need? Just your ordinary oh, yeah. Canberra kettle? I have a fang dangle temperature control kettle. 
control the temperature of the water to to match the brew. Can we get away with the run of the mill? Oh kind yeah, of yeah, absolutely. Yep. You only need different temperatures for green and white and oolong teas. So if you're a black tea or herbal tea person, you know, your 100 degree water is perfect. The other teas just like not as much heat because it burns the leaves and can bring out some bitter flavours. Mid-morning, I would be having a green or white tea, probably something herbal in the afternoon. I go through all the spectrum. To be really honest, I go with my gut. I'm drawn to different teas at different times. And if my body's like nervous, a little bit stressed, or then I'll go for my calming teas. And on the weekend, do you go wild? I'm known on the weekends to maybe punch through a few pots on my own. Like, so I'll brew a huge pot of tea and I'll drink it all myself. And then I'll probably brew another one. Like I like to sit with a pot and drink it and share it, you know, with my husband and kids. And my kids love tea. They make their own little blends really yeah practical hands-on yeah it's creative for them and it's yeah it is tactile and my oldest boy makes tea with me a lot and he makes his own blends and he gives them a name and he labels them and it's creative and then he can share it and drink it does that bring you back to the joy that you had with your father and his brewed teas absolutely i think tea is something you share whether it's the making of it, the brewing of it, or the drinking of it. And I hope that he'll have those memories when he's older of creating and sharing with me and with our family. Belinda, thank you very much for joining Radio Notes. Thank you, John. Thanks so much for having me. Belinda Hellier, online at brewedbybelinda.com.au. Coming soon to Radio Notes, poster boy Peter Drew. Thanks to Belinda for being our feature guest this episode. We'll hear more from her in future shows on old age and tea. So make sure you do follow and subscribe if you're not already. Radionotespodcast.com for show notes and links. Web design there by Steve Davis. Theme music by Martin Kennedy and All India Radio. I'm Tammy Weller. John Merch is the producer and host based in Adelaide, South Australia.